0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about some of the contributing factors that I observe that make dogs good listeners or less than good listeners. (laughs) But before I jump into today's topic, I just wanted to tell you about a few things. So one, Steph and I are going to host another consenting care virtual workshop that is going to happen on the first Sunday of December. So there's going to be working spots and auditing spots. So the working spots, you're literally going to work with us live, right? Um, Just from your home, right? This is all virtual. And we are going to coach you and help you understand how you can teach, train, and use a consenting care protocol to make grooming, handling, vet visits that much easier for your dog. We're really looking forward to it. So we'll include a link for that in the show notes. I also wanted to check in and tell you guys about what's been happening with me and Spicy and Waylon. So as many of you know, Waylon had a pretty close call recently after going on quite an escapade and eating multiple toxic things. And he is doing pretty good, all things considered. He is... (laughs) basically himself. His kidneys probably are damaged. We still don't know the extent of that damage. So we're still doing uh, a kidney diet, but we're doing our best. And honestly, he seems pretty happy and healthy. So I'm just enjoying every moment that I get with him. Spicy is maturing. (laughs) She's a little bit over a year now and while overall I love her temperament and her personality, I'm definitely working a lot more trained skills with her than I had been previously just because she's a little bit older and she's a little bit easier to to, uh, she's easily distracted. I think you, you would call it. So yeah, I'm doing a lot with spicy. And then many of, you know, um, I don't do much boarding at my house anymore, but we have one OG dog. Her name is Oakley and she has been with us for a couple of weeks. So it's been really fun to have her. Uh, I feel like she's just an old friend who comes and hangs out. She is, I think nine years old and she has been staying with us her entire life when her parents travel. So it's been really fun to have the three of them. And Oakley's been entertaining spicy. So that has been nice for Waylon. He's had a break from his annoying little sister. Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to talk about what I think makes a dog a good listener. And this is something that I reflect on a lot, right? I'm sure those of you who are listening that are professional dog trainers, you probably think about this stuff a lot too, right? Like what makes a dog a good listener? And when I'm talking about a good listener, what I'm really trying to elaborate on is a dog who for the vast majority of time will do what you ask of them, even if they're distracted, okay? So that's what I mean by a good listener, right? Like a dog who is basically going to do what you ask them most of the time, even if they want to do something else, okay? And this is something that I think that there's a lot of black and white reasons why, but I also think that there are some gray areas of why this is so, right? Like why a certain dog is a good listener or not a good listener. So I want to just kind of break down some of the things that come to mind, right? When I think about like, what would make a dog a good listener? Um, many of you know that Waylon can be a good listener and he can also be a terrible listener. And something that I've observed a lot with Spicy is that she seems to be a little bit better listener than Waylon. And she's only a year, right? So that is all subject to change, but that's definitely something I've noticed. And when I look back and I reflect on like the previous dogs that I've had in my life, I think about some dogs that were better listeners that I didn't necessarily do more training with right and i'm sure that you all have observed this phenomenon right where like you see someone out in the world and it's clear that like they don't really do a lot of training with their dog per se right like they don't have a treat pouch on <laughs> they don't have their long leash right like maybe they're not doing as much training but for whatever reason the dog does listen to them right and i think that if you're like me you see that and you're like huh How is this dog being such a good listener, even though it's pretty apparent that these people probably haven't done a lot of training, right? So I want to just kind of expand on some of the reasons why I think that this is, and maybe also help you feel a little bit better if maybe your dog is like Waylon, when they can be a good listener sometimes, but other times they're terrible listeners, (laughs) right? So. I think that it boils down to a couple of things. This is not an exhaustive list, right? But to give you some frameworks here. So I think that a dog's ability to be a good listener has to do with four major factors, right? So the first factor would be your relationship with your dog. The second factor would be your dog's personality. The third factor would be learning history. And then the fourth factor would be environmental influences, Okay. So like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but I think when we boil it down, these are the major things that I think influence a dog's ability to be a good listener. So when I'm talking about relationship, I'm talking about your relationship with the dog, right? Something that I observe, and I think that this is part of why I feel like spicy is a better listener is that our relationship is very, very strong. She's been in this house since she was eight weeks old. She has never had a bad day. I have never had to, um, be super firm or discipline her per se, right? Like she does naughty things, but I've never had to like yell at her or like grab her by the collar and like shake her or anything. And I think that our relationship is based on I'm her whole world. She's known us her whole life, right? We've always taught her that she was safe, that she could check in with us, and I think that some of the reason why I feel like Spicy is a good listener, I think, is because of that, right? In, in Waylon's early days, I just didn't know as much as I knew. Last year when spicy came into our lives, right? Like still been training for a long time, but it was just different. Right. And I feel like Waylon and I still have a very good relationship. So don't think that relationship is everything when it comes to listening because it isn't okay because Waylon and I have an extraordinary relationship, but that doesn't affect his ability to listen under the right conditions, (laughs) okay? But I do think that your relationship with your dog, right? Like how you bond with your dog, how you spend time with your dog, I do think that those are factors into your dog's ability to be a good listener or not be a good listener, right? So I do think that the relationship you have with your dog, the bond you have with your dog is a contributing factor. It certainly isn't everything, but I think it does influence a dog's ability to listen, right? Because, you know, when I ask Spicy to do something, she doesn't think I'm trying to trick her, or make her do something she doesn't want to do, right? Because we have a really good relationship and we have a lovely, you know, history together, her whole life, where it's like, if I ask her to do something and she does it, it works out pretty well for her, right? Like there's never a a horribly yucky experience happening. So I do think that the relationship that I have with my dogs is an influence into their ability to listen. So I want to talk about your dog's personality, because I think that this is one that is a much higher percentage of the why if your dog is a good listener or not a good listener. And I think that some of what I'm going to tell you might seem kind of counterintuitive, but I want to explain and I want to give you some more insight. So I do think that your dog's personality, their their temperament, their breed, their genetic makeup, I do think that those things have a huge impact on your dog's ability to be a good listener and something that I lived, and something that I also witness and experience with a lot of my clients, is that sometimes these dogs who are coming from maybe a shitty upbringing, maybe a neglect situation, maybe did not have an extraordinary life before they came to you, and they can be a bit fearful, they tend to be a little bit better listeners because they're scared of a lot. So like if they're in a situation, they're kind of scared and you tell them to do something, they're like, it's easier for them to default what you're asking them to do. And this is definitely something that I observed with Sunny. So those of you who are new to the podcast, Sunny was a pit bull Doberman Oh, I think there was Minpin or something in there. He was, he was a pit bull mix that we rescued, right? We, I rescued him from a shelter when he was nine months old. He basically grew up in the shelter. He did not have a good life. He was terrified of the world when he came to us. And I think because of those two factors, he was always a very good listener right? Like anytime I asked him to do anything, he was like, okay, mama, let's do it. And I think, you know, sadly, that was because he didn't have a lot of confidence and he was scared of a lot of things. So he was, he he was like, okay, well, she's telling me to do this thing. So I better, (laughs) right. And that does not mean that he listened to me a hundred percent of the time. Okay. But I would say a vast majority of the time I did, I had no problems asking him to do what I wanted him to do. And this is something that I observe a lot with dogs who can just be generally fearful of things, right, is that they usually are just a little bit better listeners because they don't, (laughs) the incentive to go far or get into things is just less because they're more afraid of things. I have a great friend who has a dog called Betty and she's a total sweetheart. She's a very sweet dog. And her personality type is one, she's got some herding breeds in there, right? So she's got some herdy stuff happening and two, she can be kind of scared of things, right? And, To my friend's credit, he does amazing things to build her confidence, but that's just kind of who she is. And because of that, she's a pretty good freaking listener, right? And he does some positive reinforcement training, but I wouldn't say that he has done a ton of training, right? But Betty still listens to him really, really well. And I think a lot of that is just her personality type, right? And to his credit, his personality type, right? So they're a very good match in that sense. And when I... Was seeking out Waylon. I had been living with dogs, right? I was living with Sunny and Tiva at the time, and Sunny was scared of a lot, and Tiva could be anxious and scared of a lot too. And like for me, that just felt so heartbreaking, right? Because I didn't, I didn't want them to listen because they were scared. So I sought out bringing a dog into my life who wasn't going to be scared, who wasn't going to have these major fear issues, and. Waylon turned out to be insanely confident, and much to my (laughs) dismay, that did not improve his listening, really. I think that some of the reason why Waylon isn't always a great listener is because he is so confident, right? He's like, I don't need you. I'm going to go. I'm going to run. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to explore. I'm going to, you know, he's not scared to interact with things. So when I ask him to do something, he's kind of like, yeah, 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 I don't need you. Thank you, though. And I do think that this is more than just my experience, right? Like I, I observe this with a lot of my clients too. Some of those dogs that are not really afraid of lot and are more confident are not always as good of listeners, right? And again, I'm speaking in a lot of um, general statements here, but I think that those of you who have had multiple dogs, you you probably understand this to a certain extent, right? Because you've just lived it, right? And I do think that, The dog's personality type, the dog's temperament, their genetics, all of those things kind of wrapped into one, I think makes up a big percentage of why a dog is a good listener or isn't a good listener. Again, this is not everything, but I think that this is much more of an influence than your relationship with your dog. Still important, but I think that your dog's personality type is much more of an indicator of their ability to listen or not. So, Spicy kind of breaks the rules here, so to speak, because she's very confident. She really is not afraid of. I can't, honestly, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that she's afraid of, right? But she is still a good listener. And I think that she's still a good listener because when I ask her to do something, she doesn't think that I'm trying to like make her do something sketchy that she doesn't want to do. When I ask her to do something, she's like, okay, cool. She's like, she's just happy to default to what I have to say. Right? And again, this is not always, okay? Spicy's not a perfect listener, but she's a much better listener than Waylon is under certain conditions. Okay? And I think that it's totally possible for a dog to have a lot of confidence but still have just a natural inclination to default to the human anyways. So this is often coined biddable, right? Like a dog that is biddable, they will do what we bid them. And while I don't love... I don't love that label. I mean, it's true, right? There are definitely certain dogs that are just much more biddable than others. And I think that I would categorize spicy under that, right? Like she just has an easier time being like, oh, she asked me to do this thing. Okay, cool. I'm going to do it. But I think that it's not just her personality. I think it's that and also a combination of the third factor here, her learning history, right? Her learning history is everything that she's learned with us in her life here. And like I was saying, I have never taught her. I've never helped her learn that doing what I want goes against what she wants. That is something that Waylon, bless him, he has taught me so much that I've been able to do so much differently with Spicy. When Waylon was young, I used a lot of management. I used a lot of, you have to do this because I said so. And I wasn't a jerk about it, okay? Like, I've always been a force-free trainer, but I think that in Waylon's early life, there was there was more structure, right? Like at that time I had a ton of dogs in and out of this house. I was doing a ton of boarding. So, so Waylon didn't have the opportunity just to like always be loose or always have access to me. Right. Cause I was spending time with a lot of other dogs. He had to be created more. And I think that that created a bit of a resistance, right? He was like, Oh my God, let me live my life. And I think that that learning history for Waylon decreased his ability to be a good listener because when he finally did get freedoms, more freedoms, he, that was more valuable to him than being defaulting to me and what I wanted him to do, right? Just different. I don't think it's bad. It's just different. So, you know, your dog's learning history is going to have a huge impact on their ability to be a good listener, right? And something that I worked on with Spicy from day one was a nose touch, which has turned into a recall, which literally never fails. I mean, which is crazy margins, but honestly, never fails. Anytime I bend down and I ask her to do a nose touch, she will always do it no matter what is going on because I always made it reinforcing. I always convinced her that it was in her best interest to do so and she just is a little bit more inclined to listen to what I have to say and that has turned into an amazing way for me to get her to listen if I really need her to. Right. And your dog's learning history, everything you've taught them, good, bad, ugly, pretty, all of that, it matters. Right. Like it has a huge impact on your dog's ability to listen. And I think that I did a lot of things with Waylon when he was young, is that I gave him a lot of freedoms, maybe too soon. So he was able to go and access reinforcement without me. Instead of spicy, I probably gave a little bit less freedom to initially and built more up to it. Every dog is an individual, right? But Waylon's learning history when he was young is that he got to be off leash and go on a lot of hikes. And I have no regrets about that, right? It just is what it is. But he got to learn how fun it is to find animal carcasses, to follow animal trails. And those are still things that inhibit his ability to listen right? And spicy hasn't had that many opportunities to engage in reinforcement in the environment that is better than interacting with me or getting reinforced with me and in turn it it's made her a better listener under those conditions. And as you all know, Waylon is still an extraordinary listener, okay? But this is his extraordinary listening came from basically learning history. It came from a ton of positive reinforcement, a ton of careful training setups. This is not something that I think we still have a good relationship, maybe a little bit of a contributing factor. His personality was never one that lent itself necessarily to being a terribly good listener. The reason that he can be a good listener under most circumstances is really learning history, right, is because I literally bent over backwards for his entire six years of life to make sure that listening to me was more and more reinforcing right so I had to work a lot harder to get Waylon to be a listener than I I feel like I've had to put effort into spicy again she's only a year old so a lot of this is subject to change but currently right and I think that those of you who have dogs that are not terribly good listeners and you've been bending over backwards to do the training like good for you because not all dogs just give us the gift of being good listeners (laughs) right right from the beginning So I think your dog's learning history has a huge impact on their ability to be a good listener. And maybe, you know, you have a dog that came to you that was a good listener. Maybe you did some training that maybe wasn't force-free. Maybe wasn't the (laughs) the nicest and it decreased their ability to listen. There's a lot of ways that we could spin their learning history to make them good listeners or not good listeners, right? And I think that especially when we're talking about listening in like an off-leash setting – If your dog comes back to you and you're mad at them because they didn't come back when you called them and you punished them, that's quite a learning history to build. And I only say this, okay, because I did this with Waylon. I'm not perfect, okay? I do my best. And while for the most part I tried to make it reinforcing for him to come back, he would have a lot of freedom and he didn't necessarily come back when I wanted him to when he was young. Um, So yeah, I think that the learning history is also a, a big factor in your dog's ability to be a good listener. And then fourth, environmental factors have a big impact on your dog's ability to be a good listener. Okay. So something that comes up a lot, especially in my private clients, like, you know, couples that have dogs is that the dog's behavior is really different when they're with one owner or the other owner or everyone is together. And this is kind of what I mean by an environmental factor, right? Like more people being there, more dogs being there. Maybe it's actually the physical location. Maybe it's your attitude, your mood, your behavior. Maybe it's your dog's attitude, (laughs) their mood, their behavior in response to the environment. But all of those things have a big impact on your dog's ability to listen. Okay. So I'll give you an example. There's certain environments in which I know Waylon will be a great listener. So, uh, open fields, um, dog parks, um, neighborhood walks. I know he'll be a great listener, right? Because in those environments, there aren't things that decrease his ability to listen right? When Waylon is a less good listener is maybe like we're in the woods and there's deer around. Way less listening (laughs) because of the environment, right? And for spicy, right? For the most part, she's a pretty good listener in open fields, in our neighborhood, but her listening decreases if we're at a dog park, for example, because she, oh God, this dog just loves dogs. She thinks that dogs are the best thing ever. And she loves to play and she loves to run and she loves to be crazy. And that decreases her ability to listen. Okay, and I want you to think about these things with your dog. What are the environmental factors that increase or decrease the probability of your dog listening, right? I want to give you some other environmental factors, okay? So something that has come up in my own life, right, is that many of you know my husband and I are very good about keeping the dogs active and getting them out, And my husband walks spicy quite a bit. And he says that she is such a great listener, right? When it's just the two of them, she's a great listener. But we recently went for a family walk. So it was the four of us and spicy was not as good of a listener. And my husband was very frustrated. And that's just an environmental factor, right? Waylon was there. I was there. And, you know, I walk spicy a lot when it's just me and Waylon without my husband. So That learning history kind of comes into play, right? So there's a lot of environmental factors that are going to impact your dog's ability to listen. And I think that knowing this information, right? So for example, my husband was going to walk the dog and I had him take her out solo so that it could be more successful for them. And Waylon and I went on our own walk instead. Right. So not that we aren't still working on Spicy's ability to listen when it's all of us, because we will, right? We'll keep working on that. But it, it makes it easier for the days where we have more or less bandwidth to determine that. So I want to give you another, an example here of an environmental factor. So going back to the family equation. So when I have just the two dogs, it is just me and the two dogs, or it's just me and my mom and her dog, Jasmine, and my two dogs, Waylon is usually a very good listener. He gets a lot of opportunities to be off leash, but when it is my husband and I and spicy, Waylon is a less good listener. He just is, right? And because of that, when it's my husband and Spicy and Waylon and I, I typically don't take him off leash because he's a less good listener. And that super stresses my husband out. (laughs) And honestly, it stresses me out too, because I'm just like, dude, if you can't listen, you can't be off leash, (laughs) right? So there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of environmental factors that are going to have a big impact on your dog's ability to listen or not. So to recap, I think that your dog's ability to listen is going to be influenced by a lot, probably more things that I've gotten to in this podcast. But the, the four major things that I observe here, right, is your relationship with your dog, right? And again, that doesn't mean that you have a bad relationship with your dog if they don't listen, okay? It just means that the relationship that you have with your dog is probably going to impact their ability to listen to you okay? The dog's personality, their temperament, their breed, their genetics, all of those things are going to have a big impact on your dog's ability to listen, right? And many of you who've been listening to this podcast for a while have heard me talk about this, right? I did a a podcast episode entitled, When Your Dog's Behavior Has Nothing to Do With You. And in that episode, I, I talk about a similar concept to this, right? Is that there are certain breeds that are more predisposed to handle or focus, to being biddable, to defaulting to humans. And that does impact a dog's ability to listen, right? So like generally speaking, your average coon hound is probably going to be a less good listener than your average border collie. But these are all general statements and there are always exceptions to these rules, right? But I think that when we look at the dog's personality, who they are genetically, temperament wise, that's going to have a big impact on your dog's ability to listen. We can counterbalance some of this or accent some of this when we're looking at learning history, right? Creating positive associations, making it reinforcing for them to respond, default to you, come to you when you call them, right? All of those things we can influence. The learning history is a huge part of listening and one that we have a lot of control over. And then the fourth factor is environmental, right? And sometimes we can control those factors, sometimes we can't. And, you know, it's just one of those that you just have to acknowledge who your dog is, get to know them, understand who they are under certain conditions, understand their ability to respond to cues, listen to you under certain conditions. And when you know those things about your dog, it's so much easier to set them up for success and in turn set yourself up for success, right? So I want to kind of give you an example of this. So we have a park behind our house that has a big field that oftentimes I will let dogs run around in, right? Waylon has a learning history there of finding and consuming trash. And unfortunately, because of that learning history and because of his personality of being kind of a confident scavenger who is not necessarily gonna listen, I don't really let Waylon off leash at that park much anymore because as many of you know, his kidneys are damaged. He can't be going and scavenging. So he stays on leash. And honestly, he, he doesn't seem too bothered by it. But it, in this environment for Spicy, right? She does not have that learning. History. She does not have a learning history of looking for things to consume, and she's a very good listener. So she is allowed to run around, and I know that she will listen to me when I ask, right? So that's just me knowing my dogs really well and knowing when I can expect them to listen, when I can't expect them to listen, and just acting accordingly. Okay, so just know that if your dog maybe isn't as much of a listener as you want learning history, right? Keep working on that training, but no, that's not everything, right? There are lots of other factors here. Okay. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, tag me on Instagram. Tell me what you liked about it. What do you think about it? Is your dog a good listener? Do you think that these are the factors? Um, Everyone have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. There are loads of ways to support this podcast. Many of you have left reviews. Many of you have shared this podcast with your friends and family, but we've created another way for you to support this podcast by making a monetary financial contribution. You can choose from a one-time contribution or making a small monthly contribution to continue to make disorderly dogs possible. You can learn more at the link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show.